Welcome to the Free Thinkers Hub, connecting you with people in other fields or walks of life who can expand our world and sense of possibility. Our mission is clear, a censorship-free social media platform that's a hub of truth where people can learn and share and to create a place of hope and empowerment. Free Thinkers Hub, where you are empowered, not overpowered. Welcome everybody to Free Thinkers Hub. I'm Amina Ahmed and I'm the founder of the site. This is the fourth podcast of the series. We're going to be discovering things about brain functioning, the effect of tech on our brains, as well as dealing with psychological or emotional fallout from various traumatic circumstances. I'm delighted to welcome uh, Dr. Clifford Saunders to talk to us. So Cliff is a partner at the Brain Reprogramming Doctor. He teaches people how to use the latest in neuroscience to improve their enjoyment of life, their physical, mental and emotional health, and their ability to reach for and achieve their personal and professional life goals. But a little bit about Cliff himself, Cliff the man. A globetrotter, having lived in many countries, starting off in Singapore, where he grew up, to now living in the Caribbean, where he's working globally. In between, he's lived in the UK, the US, Canada, Europe, and the Middle East. So Cliff's working career started in the aerospace technology. However, an innate hippie characteristic meant that he left that world to pursue a lifetime's work in improving human relations based on his scientific knowledge, formal training and expertise in brain functioning. It's great to see you. So how's the Caribbean today? How's how's things there? It's it's beautiful. It's nothing quite like getting up in the morning and going down to the beach, watching the sunrise and then just gazing at the ocean. I mean, it's just it's lovely. It's, It's amazing. It, it sounds, sounds amazing. I mean, we're in um, opposite ends of the world and I have a similar experience, but perhaps not as, uh, as warm as yours. Um, but listening to you, there's something about very much about the organicness of um, that experience and how that really does promote well-being. Uh, and we're going to unpack some of those ideas, obviously, in our podcast today. But before we do that, let's just talk about something that's close to your heart, really, whether we are a victim or a victor. And I think you use the, the phrase uh, warrior or a warrior choosing well is key. So given this approach, which is that we are the centre of our own healing universe, so we're not relying on external mediation and experts or any yes. pharmaceutical yeah. approaches, uh, so yes. what tips do you have for our audience to be able to choose well? Okay, that's a great question. And let me just say, it's great to be here. It really is, Mina. Thank um, you. There, there are lots of things that one can do. Um, the thing that I see the most, certainly at the moment, is a lot of people are, um, they are, they are suffering essentially from adrenal fatigue. They've got themselves so wound up and they're so frightened and they're so concerned that unfortunately they have become habituated to those sensations. They don't really notice them anymore. But just because you're not noticing that you are, say, highly stressed or highly strung, you can bet 
the adrenaline will be flowing through your body. And uh, too much adrenaline for too long begins to addle your brain and the, your body will be doing its best to clear the adrenaline. You'll end up with a lot of um, adrenaline metabolites and, and they can create merry hells, neurochemicals. Adrenaline is good in the short run if you know you're going to have a fight or you've got to run away from an elephant or something like that. So you definitely need your fear response, but you don't need it on all the time. So if you, if you want to have a, a, a kind of a quick method of, of calming yourself, the quickest method I know is to put both feet flat on the floor if you're sitting or if you're lying down, just lie down and you want three deep breaths and as you exhale at the bottom of an exhalation there's a thing called the relaxation reflex where your diaphragm sends a signal to your heart to slow down and actually you can see it if you if you do an ekg you can actually watch the effect of the breathing on the heart rate and the heart is a powerful clock it clocks the brain. The electrical signal from the heart goes out about five feet and it encompasses the brain. So your brain is being clocked by your heart. So if you want to calm your brain down, the quickest way is through two or three or four deep breaths, really paying attention to the exhalation reflex. You'll find you will start to calm down. That's one of the quickest ways I know. Now, when I first started out, <laughs> I would do three or four breaths and it's like, it's not working. It's not working. So my yoga teacher, Dave Dobson would say, well, Clifford, it's probably because you're English. You may have to do it 29 times. So I just do it more until you find you can get on top of it. Another thing you can do is literally talk to your brain. Most people don't realize that you can do that. It seems like an odd idea. What do you mean I can talk to my brain? But when you think about it, here it is, you've got three pounds of meat stuck between your ears up here, and it is doing the listening to what I'm saying and to what you're saying and is making sense of it. So it makes sense to me, and again, this is another technique that I learned from Dobson, is if you close your eyes and look upwards so that you're kind of seeing your frontal lobes, if you think about it that way, that can now become a signal to your brain saying, I want, I want to have a chat. I, want, I need some help. I'm kind of out of my depth here. And I guarantee you, if you combine the, the, those three deep breaths with this idea that you can talk to your brain, you will begin to set up a beneficial communication, a conversation with your brain, with yourself, if you like, that then becomes very, very helpful to break down habit patterns that you know you may have accumulated over years but you no longer need now you can begin to update your 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 essentially your software so there's two easy things to do i would say you don't have to believe anything i tell you well, but what you do have to do is actually practice it all right people say well i don't believe in that well it's like saying well i don't believe in this cup well, it's not necessary for you to believe in the cup. The question is, can you use the cup? 
it's not necessary for you to believe whether deep breaths will help you. It's, but it is necessary that you practice it. So you don't have to believe, but you do have to do. Well, I guess it's that the experiential is, is the key, isn't it, rather than the theory? Um, Absolutely. And, and listening to you, um, breathing deeply is, is so important, isn't it? So it's actually an anathema uh, in terms of the mask wearing that people don't get to breathe deeply uh, and right. freely. Um, so what, you know, there's clearly a, a negative effect on health there, isn't there? And mm. also this idea of um, when you talk, said about closing your eyes and centering your gaze upwards, it's almost like communicating with your pineal gland or communicating with your higher self. And again, that isn't really being actively encouraged, is it? You know, we're being encouraged to externalise and see other people as, yes. as the kind of... Um, um, arbiters or the experts on, you know, our higher being. Um, so they're two things that actually interest me in, in what you you've just said. Just as a little disclaimer, I just want to say that my cat's jumped into frame, so um, uh, that's going on in the background here. If any viewers see see my cat walking about, but it's almost like. In terms of well-being and our relation to our animals is also important. One thing that I've been really um, interested in more and more as this pandemic's gone on is this whole idea of neural technology, because that's coming in more and more. And in fact, I, I think I posted something on LinkedIn, which was a, a German advert for it, it having an implant in your hand, which will uh, you know open a door automatically. This whole conversion between neurobiology and quantum, nano, and microsciences, um, and what your views are in terms of the benefits and risks, in terms of this being good and bad science? Okay, that's a great question. I very much resist this idea of, oh, quick, let's get an implant. Oh, quick, let's stick, um, let's stick sort of a neural link in. Uh, I, this type of invasive um, mindset, I, I think, is really, really misguided. I, I may have, I've about a, two years ago, I met a group out of Ohio State University that are working with a non-invasive deep brain stimulator. So this will be, it's, it's complex science, but basically it will be like a headset that you, let's pretend you've got a movement disorder. So you have what's called dyskinesia, you don't move properly, right? Some sort of movement disorder. Rather than drilling a hole into the head and then putting an electrode in to stimulate that portion of the brain associated with movement, the idea is to be able to externally, using some clever signal processing, put on a cap that would direct the energy inwards as if you were wearing a deep brain stimulator, only now it's something that you can take off. Now that type of work I like. And, and in fact, um, right here, I've got a brain tuner, which is again, a, a deep brain stimulator. It, it works on a different principle, but it's the same kind of idea. It's, a, it's a designed to be able to talk to your brain with a series of frequencies. And essentially what you do is you hang an electrode on each ear and set up a, 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 a very weak signal across the brain, but it's very powerful. It talks to the amygdala and tells the amygdala to turn off. So 
if you if you're into that kind of thing the thing is that you can take it off and you're done it, it's it's and i think that is the way to go i think there's far too much just lack of all engineering has a social component every single piece of engineering has a social component so as a scientist, you want to be very, very careful about the unexpected or the unforeseen knock-on effects of the technology, the idea of the science that you're putting into the field that people are going to start working with. So that you don't have to, you don't have to feel you're on this treadmill. You have to get some damn chip because you're too stupid or lazy to actually open the door by yourself. You know, I, I make fun of these things. This is fashionable to have these crazy implants. I don't have any time for it. I think it's ridiculous. There's no need for it. And, and simply making it cool, uh, I, I think it's crazy. I mean, if you're stupid enough to go along with something because it's really cool, then really you deserve what you're going to get. And you're not going to like it. Well, I think that touches on something that you um, coined a phrase when we initially spoke and you said something about being asleep at the wheel and reaping the, the effects of that. Um, I suppose in a sense, I mean, we're going to have some younger viewers, aren't we, as well, who have grown up with technology and it's right. very much part of their DNA, uh, so to speak, and, and, and background and usage. Um, so that'll be a, you know, that'll be a very different kind of um, experience for them. And um, so what could be marketed as cool um, has actually got quite a potentially sinister kind of uh, level to it because A, it's, it's implanted um, and B, it's like, you know, what, what when things start to go wrong? Uh, because, uh, you know, just thinking about the brain itself and neuroplasticity um, and the impact intrinsically and extrinsically of, of, uh, of stimuli in terms of reorganizing the structure functions and connect connections within the neural networks. Um, this is pretty scary sci-fi kind of dystopia, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Um, one of the things actually that I recommend people do, especially kind of younger people, um, is to take a data fast and just turn everything off, everything off for a day. Just turn it all off and, and, and notice how you react to having no data feed, no nothing at all, just being empty handed. And you can learn a lot about yourself as you go, oh, well, I'll just check this, I'll just check that. No, 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 just don't do it. It kind of insist with your brain. If you like, do one of these little eye rolls and just say to your brain, okay, data fast next 24 hours, need your support, please. I want to be aware when I kind of get that urge that I want to turn it on and just resist your now neuroplastically learned habituation to um, uh, wanting to check email or wanting to do this or do another post or see what's happening on Facebook, you'll find by doing that regularly, let's say once a fortnight or for Americans once every two weeks, you'll find you will begin to change the structure of your brain so you actually have more choice. You'll be able to put the clutch in rather than running on automatic. You'll begin to modify what's called your default mode network. In other words, your, your resting state memory system that gives you a sense of who you are 
can become a trap. You don't want it on automatic all of the time. You want to be able to choose when you're in automatic or not. You don't spend your whole life relearning everything every day. So there is huge benefit on having an automatic part to our brain, but we don't want to be ruled by it. So there are times when we say, no, no, I'm turning it all off. I don't care how much I don't like it. I'm just turning it all off. I yeah, so, that. I mean, you know, that idea of taking a break from uh, digital technology is quite crucial, isn't it? And that's something yeah. that um, is something that, as you say, we all need to, to really think about quite seriously, and especially whatever our age, because we've all been conditioned into, of, of, you know, I suppose it depends on which part of the world we're from, but um, using digital technology um, as an everyday thing. And when that's tied up with, a marketing approach, which is um, that we don't think in terms of delayed gratification anymore, that right. it's all an instant fix. Yes. Um, then that does need some, you know, real um, focused, uh, determined way of, of you know, uh, countering that. I mean, you're well aware of the significant impact, both negative and positive, of digital technology, technology on our brain functioning. So we talked about the digital fast, but let's talk about the impact if we weren't doing that. Um, you know, so what's really happening to us as a result of um, being wired up to technology all the time? I, I think what happens is we lose, we lose track of who we are. I think we spend so much, so much time in these fields that we really lose track of us. Um, and it's only when we have some sort of, usually some health scare, we suddenly realize I need to do something different. And, and we can spend an, an awful lot of time being hypnotized by these cool little tools, you know, these little toys that we end up with. We don't realize we're getting trapped by it. Remember, in order for a tool, let's say an email program, let's say a, a, let's say a smartphone, in order for the smartphone to be able to work, you have to allow the tool to be able to talk to your brain. In other words, you do have to be able to kind of let the tool, in, as it were, invade you. Otherwise, you wouldn't know how to use it. You wouldn't know how to work it. But in my view, and you put your finger on it with delayed gratification, you want to make sure you're in charge of it rather than it's in charge of you. And, and if you don't, you'll just get lost. In fact, one of the funny things, I saw a very, very funny thing very recently with um, uh, Zuckerberg's Meta. So he's got, the, he's got some spoof, right? He didn't do this, but it's very, very funny. So you can see he's in virtual reality and then you enter virtual reality. And in virtual reality, that person is then in virtual reality actually working on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> It, it struck me as funny. <laughs> so it's kind of the the ultimate, um, you know. Well, I suppose it's the ultimate deceit, isn't it? That you actually think that you're in in a, a completely different reality, but you're yeah, yeah, the same kind yeah. of slave slavery. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and it's you know it's um uh it, it's it's usually a dopamine circuit it's usually a reward circuit and and when i was doing my masters in in psychology i remember 
uh, sneering at rats who you could, you know, they would wire rats up to their, their pleasure circuit and they would see, did the rat prefer an electrical stimulation or actually to eat, right? And you can rig it up so that the rat would prefer to stimulate itself and starve itself to death and actually then stop going to eat. And I remember being very, very sneaky, saying, oh, look how stupid those rats are. We would never fall for anything like that. And now I'm going, oops, maybe we will. <laughs> maybe we have. Yeah, I mean, um, on so many levels, that's uh, really um, disturbing, isn't it, in terms of human beings being like rats? Just on a personal level, when you talked about that, that, uh, you know, does did impact on me because, you know, I, I personally think that uh, testing on animals in that way is incredibly cruel. But let's just get back to vaccines. Um, so what, what effects do you foresee in terms of their effects on our brain functioning? The scary thing is, I have no idea. And, and the, the thought that people could even imagine being able to take a new technology, mRNA technology, untested, to skip the animal trial process and pretend that in six months you've got a safe and well-characterized uh, product is is, is just nonsense. I've been in the new product introduction. I've been in the technical field for 50 years. I know what it takes to develop products and I know what it takes to develop new products and do it safely. And just by inspection alone, it doesn't stand up. So to then to think that you know what the knock-on, knock-on effects going to be in terms of the synapses, the neurons, the way the brain actually works, it's horrible to realize we have no clue. We, we're finding out. And I'm frightened about what we're going to find out. That, that is a, a very uh, disturbing aspect of this whole rollout of mRNA and all this new gene therapy uh, vaccine yeah. is that we have absolutely no clue um, yeah. as to what the future holds. And um, unfortunately, um, human beings are the... Are, on the petri dish, so to speak, aren't they? Um, yeah. Being yeah, tested yeah. on. I personally find that very worrying. In terms of the brain and, you know, links to the science of trauma, which I know that you're, um, you know, an expert on, um, what answers can you give us as to how to process some of all of this stuff that is really the, a huge fallout from this pandemic um, for people? So there's two, there's, two, there's two populations, aren't there? Those of us who've seen through the scam and know we're not going to get genetically modified, thank you very much, that's one population, and the others who have. Um, I'm already seeing methods or therapies for people that are now experiencing uh, uh, vaccine regret to see if there's a way of detoxing, detoxifying themselves. I'm hopeful for that. I think one of the tools that may well help is, uh, is a technique called photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation is the idea of taking, of engineered light that is especially tuned, say, to the mitochondria or the other chromophores in the body to give them extra energy in the hopes that 
whatever these poisons end up being, that at least they can be expelled or, or modified. So I think that's a tangible step that I'm seeing people take. I don't know the work in detail. I've thought about it theoretically, and I'm seeing people beginning to do things in it. I think that's one thing. So if you know people that are, are now experiencing vaccine regret, well, the good news is people are already working on, well, how do, we, how do I detoxify myself from it? The rest of us, um, and it depends where you are, whether in the minority or in the majority, I think it comes back to good mental hygiene. Plenty of sunshine, exercise, decent diet, not too much sugar. Give yourself these fasts that I'm talking about. Even consider a water fast, say once a month. My very first yoga teacher, Eugene Halliday, used to recommend that we would pick either the new moon or the full moon as a, as a reminder to do a 24-hour, 36-hour water fast. And no, they're no fun to start with, but after a while, you really realize you're detoxifying yourself using, using fasting. Um, and as well as that, regardless of it, uh, to appreciate ourselves. We are the center of our own healing universe. The rest of the doctors and consultants, people like myself and yourself, are simply from central casting and should be seen that way as, as, as helpful, but not essential, not crucial. It's crucial that the individual stops thinking themselves as a victim and begins to think of themselves as victorious, to begin to learn skills that stop them worrying and allow them to realize that they are a warrior and that there are skills that you can use that are very powerful. One of the techniques that I use and I recommend all my clients do is called gold mining. Gold mining. You pretend that you, your, your brain or your mind is like a big underground gold mine. And you go down in that gold mine and it's all dark and your helmet like gets some little flecks of, of gold stuck in the walls and you go up with a little hammer and you get them. Now, what are the gold mining moments in your life? It's, it's, it's easy to do. Take a, take a sheet of paper, blank sheet of paper, and think of one or two things that you yourself look at with yourself and say, you know, that was excellent that I did that. I get a great feeling when I think of this or I think of that. My second yoga teacher, Dave Dobson, used to say, make a list of 20 such things and make sure that you can revivify the feeling. One of my favorite ones that is gonna be nothing to anybody except me, is I beat Barbara Forsyth at the under 16 chess championship when I was at Methodist College Belfast, right? I was the underdog. I was never expected to beat her. I had never beat her. She was the best chess player in the school. I end up with her in the finals and Somehow, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, I feel it, yeah, I mean, like, right? She probably doesn't even remember. <laughs> but as I get that, you can see me doing it. As I get that feeling, I pinch it, I grab it, as if I was grabbing a pen. Now this becomes what the NLP people call an anchor. It becomes a quick way of catching your moments of gold, your moments of glory. And the more that you enjoy those feelings, literally enjoy those feelings, you're changing the neurochemicals in your head. You are getting rid of the adrenaline. You are now producing serotonin and other feel-good neurotransmitters, and you're helping your brain smooth and function better. 
So that any time in the future you find you start to hit a bumpy patch, just go, wait a minute, I beat Barbara Foss, I'd be under 16, just young. And a whole bunch of others, right? Well, Cliff, that's uh, really practical and uh, lovely, some lovely memories there uh, for you as well. Um, in terms of, I like this idea of gold mining um, because it's such a survival technique as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it's beyond survival because it's about thriving. And yes. um, so much of our society is about dumbing us down, keeping us on yes. low frequencies of, of anger, of panic, of fear, of, sure. um, you know, uh, hesitancy or, or cautiousness yes. or, or, or those yes. things. Um, yes. And what you're describing um, is actually raising our vibrational state. Yeah. Um, so we're actually resonating on, on being grateful, on being happy, um, you know, finding those precious moments, those moments that we can really celebrate our being, celebrate yeah. our lives, yeah. Yeah. Um, however small or however big. And, um, and that is all about, um, you know, becoming the center of your own healing universe because we yes, have the power to do that don't we yes, yes we do yes you put your finger on it we don't have to be sick to get better i i meet two types of people that come come to me for help one of them one of the majority i would say 70 percent are people that are in in bad shape if you like and they need a whole bunch of skills and techniques very very rapidly to turn their boat around but the remaining 30 percent people are fine they're doing great. They just can recognize they can do more and better. And I think that's the mindset you want. You want a mindset of thriving. And how do you do it? Well, happy is a habit. You, you may find you're coming from behind. You may have an, a lot of crap in your life that needs to be dealt with. But as you focus more and more on the things that are going well, on the things that you, you celebrate about yourself, that you enjoy, then you can begin to, your brain will begin to set aside the crap. It will focus on it less often. I'll often do a little ceremony where we take all the crap out, put it in big black garbage bags in their mind, stick it out on the front, front part, and you know, and where the city's going to take it away or take it down to the dump if that's where you live, and actually have a celebration of getting rid of the crap. Now, that doesn't immediately stop your brain habitually wanting to go back and rooting around, but you just catch it, you go, well, hang on a minute. And this is called the two for one rule. I want you to pretend, Amina, that you've actually got two things on your gold mining list, right? So you've got two of them. Anytime in the future, you find your brain going, yeah, that one about that didn't work. Oh, that was awful about that, that was dreadful. You go, hang on a minute, I got that one and I got that one. And now it's called paying two for one. So every time in the future you find your brain rooting around the crap, you now pay that off by finding two of your flecks of gold and beginning to revivify the feeling of, oh, yeah, but I feel glorious. I'm amazing. Look at all this stuff I can do. This is incredible. I'm from the UK, and I know you've lived in the UK as well. Um, and we're so conditioned here to think that we can't celebrate our magnificence. Oh, that's somehow blowing our own trumpet and being all self-centered and egotistical but actually that whole that whole statement of I am you know I am magnificent is so powerful because it's such a reframe of the human spirit um, and the human spirit that's connected to a much higher source um, than 
oh, I am determined by my context and, you know, things that, you know, yeah. are around yeah. me. It's actually, I yeah. am beyond and I have possibility yes. of much better, of much greater. Yes. And, and that is very yes. powerful, isn't it? It is. And let me just say something because, yeah, I did grow up in England. All right. And I've spent quite a bit of time in Australia and I've seen this. It's like you're not allowed to give yourself a compliment in public unless it's a backhanded. You sort of like you with I was lucky, you know, you, you, you and it's really too bad. We are not encouraged, certainly in Blighty. And, and in Australia, you ah oh, no, don't be a tall poppy. Ah oh, no, yeah, no, you don't want to, right? Yes, I do want to be a tall poppy. Yeah, I do. I really, really do. I really am really pleased with what I've been able to make. I really am glad that I feel this fantastic. And if you find yourself around people that want to pull you down, guess what? Change the lobster pot. Move out begin to change the people around you that are dragging you down. You don't need them. There's some people, that a lot of people that you probably already know, sort of get a perverse satisfaction in cutting you down as if that made them taller. Well, that ends up with dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably happening for a lot of people right now, isn't it? That they're actually... Yeah. Um, you know, very much uh, cutting ties um, with probably people that they've been, you know, close to in the past or spent a lot of time with in the past, whether that's in friendship groups or family groups. Um, yeah. So, you know, this idea of being able to move on. I mean, one of the things that just going back to some of the stuff that you were talking about before in terms of gold mining, there's something also about the reframe, which is about letting go with. Um, with gratitude and with love, being able to um, understand that this is a time of letting go of particular anchors that may have weighed people down, very much a time of massive accelerated change for humanity um, in terms of higher consciousness and being able to function in a more whole, healthy way once we come up through all this terrible you know, stuff that's going on at the moment. Um, you know, I do, I do believe that we were going into a better age uh, for human beings. Uh, so there's something about being able to forgive oneself and to let go. Uh, and, yeah. and it's not yeah, yeah, always yeah. necessary that you have to mine everything about a situation, but just to forgive and to move on is so important, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, people forget that they're living inside a neural network right? A neural network. So if you get trapped in this idea of, I have, to, I have to discover the root cause of the trauma that I had, if you're not careful, all you're really doing is getting really, really good at finding the things that don't work. Let's face it, if you're out driving and it's been snowing and it's a bit slippery on the road and you hit a small pothole and you start to go into a skid, you do not think, was that three and three quarter inches of slush? Or maybe it was just three inches of slush in that pothole. It doesn't matter. Its question is, can you steer out of the skin when it's slippery conditions? It's the knowing how to steer yourself out that's important. It's the knowing how to pinch those wonderful feelings rapidly is the skill, not fussing about stuff that happened 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you're not going to find you feel happier discovering how miserable you have been. Well, that's um, a wonderful message there, Cliff. Um, we're coming to the end of our, our talk, and I, I've really enjoyed listening to you. I mean, there's a lot of um, very practical human tips uh, or reframe that people can start to see because we're so conditioned into um, uh, doom and gloom that actually we we hold the key to our happiness, and uh, we just need to, you know, put it into the um, into the locker. You just got to practice. You just got to practice. Yes, you absolutely. don't even have to believe. Yeah, you just practice some skills. You know, it's happiness. Happy is a skill. Yeah, and and develop it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's that's a, a, a great thing of, of being victorious in life. Just yeah. going back to the bigger picture, because sure. we talked on things like neurotechnology and neuroscience and yes. invasive like neurolink and, and stuff. Sure. Um, so what's your vision? Will human beings remain free of the metamorphosis of bionics and psychotronics, which some see as the precursor to transhumanism? Oh, these are great questions. I, I have a number of friends, and we talk about this quite a bit. And a lot of our feeling, our senses, and remember, I'm a technologist, right? I'm, you know, it's a, I make my living, if you like, from the application of, tech, of technologies for, for healing. There's some argument for yeah, tearing the whole damn thing down and starting again and starting more slowly this time. It is as if we're not ready, we're not ready for what it is that we're doing. We're like innocent children let loose in some sort of toy shop that we have no idea what it is that we're doing because we, we don't have enough experience, we don't have enough humility to be able to say, well, let's just wait, a, let's just wait a little bit. Um, whether that will actually happen, I have no idea. I'm, and uh, this whole notion then of let's become cyborgs and, and, uh, and so on. I think what I would say is we've, we've already incorporated a lot of technology into our lives. I'm wearing a piece of technology. Without this technology, it's quite difficult for me to get around. So some technologies I'm really glad about. And I think it's that thoughtfulness about technology that's important. There's a wonderful book, a scary book, but a wonderful book. I don't know if you've read, and I recommend the audience reads, it's called The Axe Maker's Gift by oh, Birkin Onstein, The Axe Maker's Gift. Yeah. And as you read through The Axe Maker's Gift, you'll see that the, you know, once upon a time, there was a time before the axe, okay? And so how are you going to get the tree down? How could you do this? How could you do that? And, and one day someone came up with the ax. Oh, now we can chop the tree down. Now we can clear this. This is so good. Until you begin to realize, oh, now there's more mouths to feed and the winter's harder than it was expected. So maybe the ax actually didn't help us as much as we hoped. Now that, I don't want to go back to the time before before the axe. I don't want to go back to a time before fire, but it's worth thinking about what are the systemic effects of these technologies that we are putting into our environment? 
what are the um, what are the effects of these genetically modified seeds that we eat? And what are the effects? What are the effects of genetically modified seeds that now interbreed with with uh, wild grasses? And now you have hybrids. What are those effects? And the fact that we don't know, um, uh, it, it's a worry. It's like, aren't we meant to be in charge? Aren't we meant to be thinking about this? The answer is yes, we are meant to be thinking about it. Well, uh, I mean, key is, is in whose hands it all rests, because I'm like you, I do believe that the power of technology to assist and be of benefit is there for us because we can't undo our knowledge of it. But it's like, who, you know, if it's if it's a profiteering machine for some very dark forces, then that's the yeah. worry, isn't it? But if it's if yeah, it's, it's you know, if it's transparent and it's ethical and used for the benefit of humanity, then right. there's there's no need to worry because you know we'll take the right steps to mitigate risks and to explore things so we don't have to um deal with you know, the fallout um, that comes from mismanagement of it. Um, May I ask you, hang on, let me, let, can I turn the tables on you a little bit? We didn't rehearse this bit, all right? So just so the viewers know, this isn't the first time we've talked and it's not the first time that we've, we've, we've discussed many of these ideas. Of all the ideas I've offered you, what stands out as being something you would take a highlighter to and want to highlight for people? Any, what idea that I've offered or concept that we've come across, do you think you really want people to land? Um, I think um, certainly things that, um, uh, you know, I'm not always great at remembering, but I know that they're really important, is to really be in tune with your body and to treat it, your body and your mind, and to treat it with the, you know, the greatest respect and to you know basically tune it um to the highest it can be so whether that's deep breathing uh whether it's a mindfulness whether it's about detoxing um whether it's about reframing um your your thinking um so all of that is about optimum energetic health that doesn't rely on invasiveness um so that's that they're the standouts for me, but then I'm like you, I'm of a particular generation that would probably go more towards that. Um, and I know that uh, there'll be a lot of people listening who will be younger, who, you know, um, as I said before, grown up with technology. So, so for me, um, I, I'll always be in the organic camp. I'd like to, you know, I want to stay in nature and, and be as free of tech and surveillance and all of those things as possible and any invasiveness as possible uh, and take responsibility for my health but you know I'm just very aware that um, people don't all think uh, like us and they want to have these uh, gizmos and gadgets and things that they see as liberating and 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 advancement um, so uh, long story short the you know, the other side to the use of tech is just to be aware that it can have very negative um, implications on our bodies, on our brains, if we're not mindful about how we implement them. So I think they're the kind of things that I've taken from our discussions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, I agree. And I and I think from my perspective of, of the conversations, I think it always it, it still comes back to you're in charge of you. You might be that might be scary for you, but you are in charge of you and begin to, to celebrate yourself as your own center and to and to be prudent about how you go about healing. Remembering healing is a taxis response, it's natural. If I cut myself and I bleed, a scab will form. And without me having to do anything at all, it will heal itself. Healing is a taxis response. So when we take away all of the things that are holding us back and making us miserable, health will prevail. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, so... Cliff, we've come to the end of our, our um, podcast uh, today, and I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you yet again. And um, so for the viewers, um, do you want to just point to your website so they can find yes, out yeah. more about The Brain Doctor? Absolutely. So I, I call myself The Brain Reprogramming Doctor. Oh my God, a bit of a tall poppy, isn't it? The Brain Reprogramming Doctor. So it's easy to find me because I'm thebrainreprogrammingdoctor.com. And if you go onto the site, you'll see lots of science. You'll see lots of success stories. You'll see lots of ideas. You'll see my, my own healing journey. And you'll find out about all of the different types of technologies that are available nowadays to help us, including things like a, a brain calmer, a brain tuner. Um, and if people want more, more information or want to have a chat, all they have to do is just, there's a form, you know, we'd like to have a quick chat with Clifford Saunders, you know, that will come through and we can do it. It'll be fun to talk to people. I want people to know that these technologies are available. I want people to know that it's wonderful to heal. <laughs> it's wonderful to be happy. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. So, um, on that note, I just want to say thank you to all the viewers and listeners for tuning into this podcast. Really appreciate you being here and hope that you've been able to take a lot from listening to the conversation today. Uh, and in the meantime, Cliff, uh, once again, a huge thank you for coming to speak with us today. Thank you. You're very welcome, Amina. You're very welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Free Thinkers Hub, connecting you with people in other fields or walks of life who can expand our world and sense of possibility. Our mission is clear, a censorship-free social media platform that's a hub of truth where people can learn and share and to create a place of hope and empowerment. Free Thinkers Hub, where you are empowered, not overpowered.